KLVZ and KLVZ HD Brighton, KLVZ FM on 94.3 and 95.3 and streaming at Legends95.3.com. Welcome to the Garden Wise Show with Colorado's most knowledgeable and entertaining garden experts, the Garden Wise Guys, Keith Funk and Jim Borland. Get ready for gardening tips that you can use right now. New plants, hot products, and the latest from horticultural science. The lines are open, so call into the Legend Studio now. 303-477-2473. 303-477-2473. On the air since 1994, the Garden Wise Guys have the answers to your questions about gardening in the high-altitude desert of the Colorado Front Range. And now, here are your hosts, the Garden Wise Guys. And the Garden Wise guys are back here on the Garden Wise Show on Legends 810, and we're going to continue with a call we had with Patsy. Okay, Patsy, what was the rest of your question? So on the perennials, how, what schedule should I use to fertilize, and what would you recommend? Oh, boy. Um, I, I would fertilize monthly. At least that's what I do. Uh, and there are a number of different fertilizers out there that you can use. Uh, I recommended just an, at an earlier call to use a Fertilome Gardener's Special. Okay, I heard that. Uh, there's also a product by Richlon called Grow Rich for perennials. Okay. That one works quite well. And sometimes <laughs> I've been known to use the Richlon... Um, Pro Rich, which is essentially a lawn food, but uh, okay. a lot of times I'll use that as my first fertilizer of the spring for everything, all of my perennials, okay. shrub beds, that sort of thing. And then just follow, just follow the directions on the bag. Typically, it says monthly, I believe, is what it is during the growing season. And all these fertilizers, they're okay. they're designed now that you don't need to dig them down into the soil or, or worry okay. about mulch being in the way, that sort of thing. These are all uh, uh, products that have been applied to a carrier pellet or uh, some kind of a carrier uh, to take that. And, uh, and as soon as you water it, that fertilizer dissolves off the carrier and goes into the soil. That's good to hear because that saves a lot of time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. Okay, well, thank you very much for your help. Um, I really appreciated the suggestion last um, summer to bring in all that good soil. It's really paid off, and I appreciate that. Oh, I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad you're having a good good result from that. Yes. Thank you very much. You bet. Have a good summer. Sometimes what we say actually works. Much to our surprise. Because, <laughs> you know, we just sit here and make it up. <laughs> hey, we were talking earlier, before we go to our next call, we were talking earlier about foxtail lilies blooming in our yes. yards. And you gave me some seedlings a few years back. Mm -hmm. I thought it would take until I was a very old man <laughs> to have them flower, but they're already starting to bloom. And I've got some spikes of these pink foxtail lilies. They're also called um, Aramuris. Mm -hmm. They're six feet tall. Yep. They get taller. Uh, I'm sure they will. Yeah. Beautiful pink flowers. Yeah. Then I have another variety. I think it's called Cleopatra. It's a shorter yellow one. Mm -hmm. um, and that's in full bloom as well. And they kind of grow like red hot pokers in a way. 
Kind of. Uh, the, the clump gets a little larger every year. Yeah. And it, as with each passing year, you get more and more spikes coming out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one thing I don't like about foxtail lilies is by the time they start to bloom and look pretty in the mm -hmm. flower, their mm -hmm. foliage looks like warmed over death. Yep. That's how you can tell the rate of the flower is <laughs> the foliage starts going. <laughs> so you have to plant other perennials around them to sort of mask yeah. that dying foliage because that's normal. So yeah. don't freak out if you have foxtail lilies and you see that for the first time. That's what they're supposed to do. Alliums do the same thing. A lot of the a lot of alliums do. A lot that, of the yeah. alliums do the yeah. same thing. The giganteums and the purple sensations and the Christophiae yeah. and that sort of thing. When the flowers look their best, the foliage looks its worst. Yep. Nature of the beast. I guess. I yeah. guess. I planted a bunch of the, well, the seedling I gave you, I had a whole bunch more I planted in the front yard, which does not get any water. Uh huh. I planted them early in the spring when there was still a lot of moisture in, in the ground. So I, you know, dug a hole, actually drilled a hole, dropped them in the hole and walked away. Yeah. And? Just walked away. Never watered them. Nothing. Yeah. They're, they're blooming. They're blooming. Yeah. And I have several species in there and probably some mixtures of things. And uh, I remember I, I must have made some kind of comment on Facebook, and somebody replied, that's not going to work. You, you can't grow the wild without water. Yeah. There they are. Da-da-da-da. <laughs> they're, they're blooming our heads off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, we did have a wet spring. That helped. I yeah. understand that. But I expect them to stay there. And they're yeah. not going to go away. Well, that sounds good. I mean, selection at its best, you know. Yeah. The, the strong ones will remain, and the ones that can't handle that yeah. will disappear. And I expect that, too. If I had, there are many species of Arabiers. Yes. I mean, lots of them out there, which you and I will probably never see in a garden center. Or well, I almost never see Arabiers of any kind in a garden center. Yeah. But right yeah. now, Nick's has a bunch. Yep. Yeah. I, I was shocked to see them. They're beautiful. One-gallon plants in spike. Right. Uh, getting ready to bloom. It's the yellow Cleopatra variety, and... and they had a bunch of them, and I, and I just never see that. Chances are, if you buy one of those, plant it, you'll have seedlings coming up all over the place. <laughs> I know. Mine are doing the same thing, and I, I'm not complaining. When they first, I guess Botanic Garden had them, I'm going to say, first around here, and uh, they made a big splash at the uh -huh. time. Yeah. And um, you couldn't get them anywhere. Nobody had them anywhere. I had, to, I had to um, order them online. Order them online. And they're, yeah. not, they're not cheap there either. No. <laughs> Anyway, um, and I thought, boy, we'll never see these in the garden center. Well, they're finally making their way in, and uh, you have weird guys like me who who uh, steal seeds when I see them available. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, and grow them on. And now we, I've got literally hundreds of them. Mm -hmm. well, I ordered some online this spring, some varieties I didn't have, and. They were sent to me, and the roots were big, beautiful roots, mm -hmm. but they'd packed them in a, a soft envelope yeah. instead of a box. Well, Aramuris roots are brittle. Yes. And when the mailman shoved that soft package into, forced it into slot. the mailbox, <laughs> the, the, the roots didn't like it too much. No. No. <laughs> so I let, the, I let the shipping, the people at the company that I ordered from, I said, you really should send these in a box. Yeah. Oh, I agree. I agree. I remember when I first got my own, or, or dug my own, I guess. My plant had gone to seed, and I had dug up some. Boy, those roots really are brittle. Mm -hmm. You think, I'm never going to be able to lift them out of the soil and move them anyplace. And, and they grow horizontally. Yes, they're kind of spider-like roots. Yeah. yeah. Very fleshy. Yeah, like, you, the, like your pinky finger. Yeah. Anyway, 
That's okay. enough of that. Let's enough get back that. out to the phones. We've got people waiting to talk to us. And I believe uh, Willie is up next out in Aurora. Good morning, Willie. Good morning. Hi there. Nice to hear your voice. Hey, it's been a while, hasn't it? It has. <laughs> well, I've had some interesting things happening this year. Okay. And especially, I have, I think, the major anthill of all times developing around my house. <laughs> okay. If they're in my grass, they're in my gardens. I have a brick patio. They're under my patio. And I was trying to figure out how to get rid of them. Tried a couple of things that didn't really work. They just move. And my daughter said, well, use diatomaceous earth. So I went and bought a bag of it and uh, looked at the directions for applying it. And I thought, whoa, whoa, There's, use really good face mask. Uh, be careful about getting this in your lungs, on and on and on. Exactly, yeah. What can you tell me about this? Should I use it or should I use something else? I, I don't know. Did it even have directions for killing ants with diatomaceous earth? It doesn't on the bag. Yeah. But it does online. I'm not I, I I'm not a fan of diatomaceous earth for killing ants. Um, it's just going to get the ones that are crawling around on the surface. It's not going to take out the colony. Now, having said that, I typically leave ants alone, unless they're like in the cracks of my sidewalk or they're under my flagstone where they can undermine the um, the stability of those surfaces, and then I I take care of them. But otherwise, they're they're beneficial. Mm-hmm. Um, so leave them in the grass, leave them in the perennials, leave them at other places. But um, I use a, what, what did I use? I use Bonide 8, E-I-G-H-T. Oh, okay. You I, just use 8. Okay. Yeah, I mix it up with water and put it in a watering can and just water the hills with it. Well, that's great. That would be a lot easier. I was looking at this and I thought, oh, this is scary stuff. Well, it's, yeah, it's, it's not good for your lungs, that's for sure. Well, and, and just seeing that it was a silica, um, I thought about <laughs> my background's in art, and I thought about what that does in clay. <laughs> and yeah. I was thinking clay soil, put more silica into it. Um, this could be very interesting. Well, you know, everybody now is awash in, uh, in mask. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I would get that mask out, and if uh, depending on how you're going to spread this stuff, uh, you might get some of your rubber gloves out, too, and... You know, might as well, I I would if I were mine, I would probably go ahead and use it just to use it up because it, I don't use it on anything else. Mm. Okay. And, well. on, and on a on a probably on a morning when we don't have any wind. Oh, absolutely. And the, the, the minute you <laughs> I water, already made that determination. <laughs> yeah, the minute the minute your sprinkler system waters the area or the we have a rainstorm, yep, you'll have to reapply. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's gone yeah. as soon as that happens. It's almost it like it dissolves sounds away. Sounds like it's a lot easier to take care of. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. It's much easier and more more immediate. Uh-huh. Well, uh, I may return this then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is a natural product, but that doesn't make it safe. Yeah, I understand. And, and, okay, I have a second question yeah. for you. Um. I don't want to mention the name on the phone, but uh, you you gave me the name of a wonderful gentleman to take care of my pond last year, and he said, don't reveal my name. I already have too much business. <laughs> okay, I know who you're talking about. And this year, I've tried to call him, and um, his 
phone has been full. I started calling in April to line him up to clean my pond, mm-hmm. and his phone has been full, and he's never emptied it. And I can't reach him. And I'm wondering, is there anybody else you know of? Um, do you know what's happened to him? He was wonderful. He's still around. He's, yeah, still, he's still doing around. that. I suspect what's going on, if if there's companies out there that provide a service for folks like you, they are all jammed with work right now. Overwhelmed. All of them. Have you tried texting him with that, on that same number? I have not. I would That's do that. That's a good idea. Yeah, because that, that way, you know, you don't have to deal with a full mailbox. The text will go through anyway. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah, because I was running into that problem, and, and that's why I started trying to reach him in April, um, just to set a date of mm-hmm. whenever. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and he's, he's marvelous, yes. <laughs> he, he is. He's great. And he should, be, he, sh- he should be getting close to the end of his really overwhelming season he should be starting to to get some see some light at the end of the tunnel so um yeah i I tried just texting him okay i will do that Uh, one of the things that i have never experienced before this year the locust trees bloomed like crazy and then dropped those blossoms yeah and uh, the whole bottom of my pond has turned green with (laughs) the blossoms from that locust tree exactly yeah so it's better that it be cleaned now than earlier. <laughs> there you go. So, okie doke. Well, I'm listening as always, and uh, glad you made a successful move. I was sure glad when I heard you come back on. Well, thanks, Willie. We appreciate yeah, you sticking we appreciate with that. us. You bet. <laughs> Thank you. We'll talk again. Okay. <laughs> bye bye. Yeah, it, that's that's kind of one of the downsides of having a nice wet. Um, frost-free for the most part spring mm-hmm. is a lot more stuff blooms like the yes. locust trees yeah locust and trees good year for locust trees uh, yeah the old black locust still around maples elms yeah. Yeah. ashes yeah, all those trees yeah. are going to produce bumper crops this year yeah there's an enormous black locust south of i-25 i'm going to say around emerson going through town uh, you can, if you know where to look, you you can see it off the highway. It is enormous tree, and it's last weekend it was all white. Oh, and, but it was beautiful. Yeah, it looks like a wisteria in bloom uh, when they yeah. bloom nicely. A couple of years ago, I drove over to to find it, and I did find it. Although I couldn't, I'd have to go back and search again. But uh, there were suckers coming out all over the neighborhood. I'll bet <laughs> from this giant tree. Well, they do like <laughs> to form colonies. <laughs> they do indeed. And uh, speaking of blooming, I haven't seen bloom in a number of years. My wisteria is blooming. No way. Last year it died completely to the ground. Oh, my goodness. I was gone. And it wasn't until July that it came back up. And it bloomed this year? Off of wood from last year? Yep. That's amazing. It's Aunt D. Oh, Aunt D. Aunt D. Uh Got that at Timberland Gardens. Yep, that's a good one. So I'm wondering, uh, and I haven't noticed any, have have any, uh, any of our listeners have a wisteria that's blooming or have seen one that's blooming it's rare around here yeah i mean the vines grow great for the most part they they grow like crazy but they have a tendency to bloom so early in the spring that normally the flower buds get frosted and i don't know if that happened or not this year so i'll be curious to find out if anybody knows where there is a a good blooming one i'd like to go see it laburnums bloomed well this year yes they did now there's a couple of wisteria varieties 
that I think have um, some potential here. One of them is called Blue Moon, and the other one is called Lavender Falls. And these are varieties that still bloom in the spring, but then they have a repeat bloom, which mm -hmm. isn't going to be nearly as spectacular, but you'll still get flowers during the summer when there is no frost. So if you, if it's sort of like an insurance policy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, he's driving in here this morning. I'm taking up our time here. We should be talking to callers. I just happened to notice alongside the road, stopping at a, at a red light, and looked over to the right, and there's a fire hydrant, mm -hmm. and planted immediately next to it are two rose bushes. Oh dear! Now, now there's a stupid combination. If that I is, ever saw yeah, one. absolutely. <laughs> That rose bush is history if that fire hydrant well, ever yeah, used, if they have to use it, you know, used. they're going to be all in their regalia, and they're, gonna, they're just going to stomp those roses. They have axes. <laughs> 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 Boy, whoever did that, God, that was stupid. No kidding. All right, let's get back out to the phones. Uh, yeah, we can go out and talk to Heinz in Franktown. Good morning, Heinz. Good morning. How are you guys? Excellent. What's going on with you today? Well, I've been listening to you guys back in the KEZW days, and I'm happy to hear that you got on the legend. Yes, sir. We, we are, too. We're thrilled to be here. I, I do appreciate your help. And uh, I have uh, a question regarding boxwoods. Yes, sir. We have tons of those things. And uh, uh, occasionally, my wife has uh, uh, fertilized them with, like, uh, miracle Grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, she asked uh, one of the guys in, in one of the box stores if there is any other fertilizer, and he mentioned some kind of stuff. And when she used it on a couple of them, they died. So, so uh, we have to replace them. But uh, I wonder if you have any suggestions for fertilizer that would specifically help these boxwoods. Yeah, I don't know that there's any fertilizer that is deleterious to boxwoods in particular. What any fertilizer, and this could be any fertilizer at all, can can prove to be deleterious or harmful if it's used incorrectly. You can overuse a fertilizer and burn the roots of any plant. And that may be what happened here. I don't know. Uh, I'd have to talk with your wife and try to figure out what the product was, number one, and number two, how much she used, and number three, how did she use it? Yeah, I think she just uh, sprinkled it on it and then watered it in. Yeah. Well, I, like Jim said, I, I don't know of any fertilizer that would would be fatal to boxwoods unless it's it's not uh, unless it wasn't used properly, or perhaps there was something that. Something else that killed the boxwoods and not the fertilizer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you have any recommendations? Oh, sure. Yeah, Fertilone makes a great uh, fertilizer called Tree and Shrub Food. And it, the, the manufacturer is Fertilone. And it's a slow release, so there's no possible way, even if you over-apply it, for it to burn or damage the, tr the shrubs. Um, is, there, is there a reason you want to fertilize them? Are they, are they struggling? Are they poor color? No, they they seem to be. Uh, we had them for years. Yeah. And uh, they they seem to be okay, but occasionally you get one of them that has some little dead branches on the bottom or kind of what have you. And uh, just uh, fairly recently, they they have uh, sort of uh, gone away. 
Uh, now and then you see one of them or two of them that are just not doing well. And uh, my wife figured, well, if there is any uh, sort of fertilizer to help and uh, revive them, it, it would certainly work. But yeah, we never, I, we never tried the Fertiloom. Yeah, uh, it's a, it's a good it's a good brand. It's a it's one that we recommend wherever we can, um, and you'll find it at the independent garden centers. You won't ever find it at a big box store, and and I right. I'd, I'd be resistant in in taking advice at a big box store as well, yeah. but um, I find that boxwoods are a little temperamental here in Colorado. Uh, it, it's not an ideal climate for them. Yeah, we, we watered them regularly and uh, then, uh, you know, trimmed them nicely and, and what have you. So uh, uh, you say fertilum, it's, it's called tree and... Tree and shrub food. And shrub food, huh? Okay. Well, we'll try that out. And you say that, that you find in the specialty stores like... Uh, uh, not not the big stores. Right. So you're calling, um, let's see, Franktown. Franktown, what's close to Frank? I, I suppose you're probably close to Tagawa's. Tagawa's, yeah, we can yeah. do that. Yeah, yeah. They, I'm sure they carry it. Um, but it's just a granule. You sprinkle it down on the ground and, and, and water it in thoroughly. And I, I wouldn't, I would use it now maybe and, and maybe one more time and then, uh, you know, one more time in a month or six weeks and then stop. For the rest of the okay. year. Okay. Very good. Now, the next uh, thing I have is uh, arborvitis. Arborvitae? Yeah, arborvitae. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh-huh. Uh, those those uh, bushes. Yes. And uh, we have a whole bunch of those things. <laughs> and it seems like every year we plant them and get uh, fresh, uh, good dirt and put them in and water them and what have you. And by uh, wintertime or so, they seem to go away, and uh, by spring, they're all dead. Yeah, I would try something else. It's it, it's not at the top of my list for recommended uh, evergreens. Some people succeed with them very, very well, and other people can't seem to keep them alive. Um, the biggest problem I see is people don't water them nearly enough. Uh, they and they need water throughout the winter too, especially the the year that you plant them. Yeah, yeah. And, and and frankly, most people just don't do that. Well, we, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, I guess our fault then. It's not it's not my favorite shrub to recommend either, especially for out in a full sun or exposed area. They're just they're just not as sturdy as say an upright juniper, or maybe one of the columnar upright growing pines. Uh, that would be much more durable than an arborvitae. Yeah, we've we seen them. we seen them down in uh, uh, Parker, and uh, there about a Home Depot and whatnot. They have some huge ones, and uh, we, we like them to be uh, like a visual divider. Yep, yeah, that's uh, what that's the way most people plant them as a divider, a hedge of some sort. Is there any any fertilizer that will help them? No, too? no, it's a it's really a water issue. A water and, and climate And issue. a climate, especially our winter, will oftentimes just cause, uh, especially the south side or southwest side of the of the shrub to just go brown. Yeah, yeah. We have lots of uh, pine trees around, so direct sun is uh, 
you know, maybe an hour or two a day. Mm -hmm. And then uh, shade comes in from the uh, pine trees that are around us. So they're not really exposed to a lot of sun. Yeah, then I'd I'd go along with what Jim was saying, too, is that, you know, water is a big issue, especially for their first several years of getting established. Uh, And, and, you know, they lose water all year long. Even in winter, when we have those warm days, they lose water. And if if the soil is dry, they burn. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Very well. Now, speaking of pine pine trees, I have uh, a couple of them. They're in the front portion, and then right next to the uh, leach field. And they've been doing okay. Then one of them got, uh, I don't know what happened to it in the wintertime. It broke the top of it off, and now that thing is just dying away. And the, but his buddy next door, about, uh, I'd say, 20 feet away, at the bottom branches are turning uh, brown, the top is still green, and uh, I, I don't know what happened to him. Yeah, it's hard for us to be able to to diagnose that without being there and looking at them and doing some investigation. Uh, my my suggestion would be to call a professional arborist to come out and take a look at them. They, there may be a disease, there may be an insect, uh, any number of things that could be causing the pines to decline. But trying to do it on the phone isn't, isn't going to be very accurate. Yeah, that ponderosa pine, so. Yeah. Uh, well, I may have to cut that one down and see if the other one survives. So. Yeah, call, uh, before you do that, I'd call an arborist out there and see if, it, see if it's something that uh, you can correct or if it's something that uh, it's, it's gone too far. You just, there's nothing you can do. Yeah, yeah. Well, we really have about 800 or so of these things around. So <laughs> oh, that's a lot. I, I don't want to, I don't necessarily have to save them. So yeah. I just I just wonder what, if there is any, uh, like, beetle kill or something. It, it very well could be a beetle kill. There are several beetles now that, that uh, are getting into and killing ponderosa pines. Mm-hmm. So you must be in, uh, like, on the edge of the Black Forest area then. Uh, we're, uh, I'd say about, uh, eight miles east of downtown Frankstown. Okay. Okay. Yeah. There's a, there's a big, uh, wooded area. Yep. In there. Yeah. The, the black forest does come up from Colorado Springs up into that area. So yeah, yeah. those would be ponderosa pines and they should be pretty durable unless something has happened, uh, like a pine beetle or something like that. Yeah, most of them doing quite well, but I think maybe since the top of it broke off, uh, that was a shock to it, and it just died from that. So. I can't. I don't think the pines die from having the top broken out. Oh, okay. Well, good to know. Okay. <clears throat> I certainly do appreciate all your help, and uh, a pleasure to talk to you and hearing you again. Well, thanks for calling this morning, Heinz. You're quite welcome. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you. And we got to take a break here shortly, but uh, while you were talking there, I was looking out the window, and I see one pine. It's uh, <clears throat> it's a goner. It's completely dead. Uh, another pine, uh, a couple doors over, it's half dead on the south side. And down the street, I see another one that's 
that's kind of brownish all over, <clears throat> and another one that's uh, questionable whether it's going to make it. So it was it was a bad winter for pines in general. Not necessarily ponderosa pine, but uh, in fact there are no ponderosa pines in in my view. But there are hundreds of pines that I can see. So it's it's our weather again, folks. Gardening here is different. All right, we got to take a little break. We'll be back very quickly right here on Legends A10. It's like the difference between soft, gentle rain and a monsoon. That's how I compare the effect of a Dram Rain wand on plants to the hard blast of a typical spray nozzle attachment to your garden hose. Water flows through 400 tiny holes in the Dram Rain wand's soft shower nozzle to bathe and refresh your plants, not damage them or wash away soil. Its handy reach handle has a 60 degree bend and conveniently extends to more distant garden rows and hanging baskets. And there's a fingertip shutoff valve. No wonder professional growers in the greenhouses and nurseries use dram watering tools. Today, there are imitators, but nothing matches the superior quality of the original, invented over 50 years ago. They're simply the best. Dram watering tools are available at Tagawa Gardens, Nick's Gardens, Jared's Garden Center, and Lafayette Florist and Greenhouse. Well, summer is in full swing now, and look who's back those nasty Japanese beetles, and they're ready to wreak havoc on your garden. If you're looking to successfully control Japanese beetles without damaging the environment, look no further than Beetle Gone from Phylum Bioproducts. Derived from a naturally occurring soil bacteria, Beetle Gone is the only organic solution that successfully controls those destructive beetle invaders. Just mix the powder with water and spray on your plants. Once ingested, they stop feeding and die. And since it's an organic BT product, rest assured it's a safe choice to use on your fruits and veggies in addition to your ornamental flowers and trees. Not only does Beetle Gone work on adult Japanese beetles, it is completely safe to use around beneficials such as ladybugs, butterflies, and bees. And it has no issues with water toxicity. Beetle Gone from Phylum Bioproducts. Target the pest and not the rest. You'll find Beetle Gone at your favorite independent garden center. And make sure you tell them that the Garden Wise Guys sent you. At DeWitt Company, we have fabrics for every reason, products for every season. With summer gardens just around the corner, now is the time to select DeWitt landscaping fabrics to block and prevent weeds without harmful chemicals. Save time and trouble pulling weeds by installing fabrics for every application under the sun. DeWitt Weed Barrier and Weed Barrier Pro block weeds guaranteed and allows air, water, and nutrients to pass through. The fabric conserves soil moisture and promotes plant growth. New to the lineup, DeWitt Garden Weed Barrier, a biodegradable paper mulch that is perfect for vegetable garden lovers and organic enthusiasts alike. Simply unroll and install before planting, and at the end of the growing season, just rototill it into the soil or throw it into the compost bin. Perfect for annual gardens. DeWitt Landscaping Products and Plant Fabrics are the number one choice of professionals in the lawn and garden industry. DeWitt's high-performance quality products save time and are environmentally safe for the responsible homeowner. You'll find DeWitt products at your favorite independent garden center retailers. Have you got spring fever? Then come visit Nick's Garden Center and Farm Market. We are one of Colorado's largest garden centers with over 10 acres of top quality plants and the finest gardening products on the market. 
Get a head start on the season with seeds, seed starting supplies, onion and potato sets, hearty pansies, herbs, spring bulbs, houseplants, soils, and fertilizers. Come see many unusual plants as well as trusted favorites. All the newest variety of trees, shrubs, evergreens, roses, and perennials are arriving weekly. Our bulk and landscape yard is stocked with compost, mulches, and decorative rock with delivery available. Our friendly and helpful expert staff is ready to assist. Nick's Garden Center and Farm Market, celebrating 34 years of color, quality, and service. Located two blocks north of Iliff on Chambers Road in Aurora. Also visit us at nicksgardencenter.com. The only hard part about gardening in June is deciding what to plant. But boy, oh boy, does Tagawa Gardens have some great ideas for you. This is Luann Aiken, Tagawa's Garden Ambassador. Did you know that June is both National Perennial Garden Month and National Rose Month? Let's start with roses. Tagawa Gardens has always had a rose in our logo because it's one of the things we do best. We're known for our roses, and there are still many to choose from. June is also a great time to start or expand your perennial garden. Growing perennials is like planting it forward for a beautiful garden that gets better each season. Visit our nursery department for excellent ideas on trees and shrubs to create your own private backyard oasis. And our veggie department is still brimming with tomatoes, peppers, healthy greens, and so much more to create your own fresh food harvest. It's June and the garden is calling. Come see us at Tagawa's. We are your garden store and so much more. Call into the Fix It Show with your questions about your home. Saturday morning at 930. Specializing in heating and cooling problems, legendary hosts Deborah and Adam bring decades of experience and award-winning expertise to their live, interactive Fix It Show. Helping your home weather Colorado's unique climate and temperature swings. You have questions, they have answers. Call into the Fix It Show every Saturday morning from 930 to 1030 on Legends. All right, this is information you need from the Garden Y Show. Um, any idea how long ago we saw Raiders of the Lost Ark? You saw that. I did. Movie, That's got to be 40 years ago? Exactly 40 years ago. 1981 is when they came out. Wow. 1936 was the first 50-kilowatt United States radio station that went on the air. This is the one I listened to as a kid. KDKA. Oh, is that Pittsburgh, right? Pennsylvania. 1965, Sonny and Sherry made their first TV appearance. Used to watch 65. that show every I, week, yes. It, my goodness. And more important than anything else, 1949, the Pirates beat the New York Giants 6-5. to five. I always used to wonder when I watched that show, what the heck is she doing with him? <laughs> I, 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 I didn't ask questions like that when I was that young. I just, you know, what can I say? She still looks the same today. <laughs> Pretty she close. did 1965. Pretty close, huh? Yeah. Thank goodness, too. Modern medical miracles. Hey, you want to guess how much um, uh, how much ET we had last week? Yes. <laughs> Evapotranspiration? I'd say an inch and three quarter. 1.8. So very close. Very close. You're very good at that. That's two, two weeks in a row. That was, That's at uh, Denver International Airport is where I calculated that out. That's, that's a lot for this time of year. 
You would think. Yeah. I got news for you. This time next week, it's going to be even more. It's going to be over two inches. I'll yep, bet over you two money. inches. What we mean by that, people, uh, ET evapotranspiration means that, and this is all based on bluegrass lawns. Yes. Uh, we come in next week and say uh, our ET for the week was two inches. That means your lawn really should have had two inches of water over that past week. Yeah, good luck trying to yeah, do that. Now, if you don't know how much water you're putting down, and this is a question we ask all the time, I don't think we've ever got an answer yet. <laughs> very, few, very few, if ever. I know. Uh, people know how long the irrigation system runs. Yes, uh, and how often it runs. how often it runs, but it really doesn't tell me as much as I need to know. Did you put down an inch, half an inch, a quarter yeah. of an inch? Because all How the irrigations are not the same. They don't have the same heads. You don't have the same water pressure. You know what? Boy, and you should measure. Uh, I was just talking to a fellow yesterday. I said, you're, you're putting in an irrigation system right now up front. Go out and get yourself a cat. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll have cat food cans available to measure your irrigation system when you turn it on. So turn it on. Look at the clock, mark it down on the paper because you're going to forget. Run it for 15 minutes or a half hour and measure how much water goes down. Yeah. Put a ruler in that little cat food can and write that down. So that when we say that your lawn needs two inches of water, you can do a really quick calculations and figure you need your, your irrigation system has to be on for an hour and a half for this week. Spread over the week. Over the week, if you want to do it and break it up, that's fine. But, yep. Uh, before we go to Bob, Bob, you are up next, so don't worry. You're coming right up. But I have one more thing to say about irrigation, and that's with drip irrigation. And we've talked about this a lot. Yeah. But I got a new one. <laughs> oh. I got a new question or issue. Is splitting drip up into you know 10 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes in the afternoon, 10 minutes at night on the same day? so that it, wasn't, it wouldn't run off, so it would soak in. And my thought is, it's going to soak in regardless. You're not putting drip down fast enough to ever run off. Yeah, probably not. And no. in 10 minutes, you're wetting the top inch or two of soil, and then you stop, and it starts to dry out. And then a few hours later, by the time it dries out, you're putting another 10 minutes on, so you're wetting the top inch or two of soil again. It's not like it's soaking down to the bottom of yes. the root system. Yes. So it's, you're, you're encouraging a shallow v root system and a very dependent plant yep. by doing that. Yep. I was just thinking that yesterday, putting uh, some seeds in and watering it in, thinking it was dusty dry soil. Mm -hmm. Dusty dry. And I thought, you know, i got to come back and water this like six times in order to get the water down to an inch or maybe two inches deep. Uh, but I was thinking, I could water this uh, probably 30 times a day, just sort of spritz it, mm -hmm. and you got to the end of the, end of the day, the soil would still be dry. Still be busted. Because it dry. had all evaporated yeah. in between waterings. Yeah. So if you're using a drip system, number one, figure out what your gallons per hour is per dripper. And if it's a one gallon per hour dripper, which is the most common, that means you have to run it for an hour yeah. to put one gallon of water on that plant. And you can measure that too. You can take one of your drippers out and yeah. put it into a, a can mm -hmm. and leave it run for as long as you think you're putting a lot of water down. And turn it off and go out and measure how much water is in that can. I think you'd be surprised how little is in there. Ten minutes ain't going to do it. No. Ever. All right. Bob okay. is up next. Sean, can you bring up Bob? Good morning, Bob. 
Bob, you there? I can I water this. <laughs> There's that delay working against us, I guess. Okay. Well, we should be there in just a minute here. We're almost there. <laughs> Bob, Bob will hear his name here and answer. Any minute Hello. now. Hello, Bob. Hey, there you go. Hello. Hello, Bob. What's going on? Oh, not too much. What can we do I for you today? I have a uh, raised... Uh, oh, would you turn your radio down, please? That's what I'm doing right now. Okay. Okay. That's better. Okay. I have a, a raised uh, garden bed, so I don't have to bend over. And it's like a four foot by uh, four foot long and probably 15, 16 inches wide and about a foot deep. And I have, uh, uh, when I first put the dirt in there, dirt's been in there for a couple months, and I might have over-fertilized it, I don't know. But it, uh, I just uh, planted my seeds here about a month and a half ago, and I have radishes that come up, and they bit the dirt. And I have peppers, and they, they haven't come up yet. But my main thing was uh, watermelon. The watermelon seeds haven't even, even sprouted at all. And the seeds probably been in there for like a month and a half. Yeah, they should have been up in 10 days at the most. Right, that's what I thought. I don't know if it's... Uh, when I put the seeds out a month and a half ago, if the dirt was too cold. That's very possible. What What kind of soil did you use? Potting soil. Potting soil, Okay. And and did you you said you fertilized it with something? Yes, sir. What did you yes, What did you use as fertilizer? It's uh, it was a mail order stuff. I've got the name right here. Was it liquid or a granular or what? It's granular. Okay. And it's a soil booster. Okay. And did you follow directions on the label? Uh. Uh oh. Not quite. I think I over-fertilized it. Okay. Uh, that that can cause some problems, too. How how are you watering this area? With a sprinkler can. Okay. And, and how often? Oh, like every couple of days. All right. With seed, you're going to need to water every day. doesn't have to be heavy, but it does need to be kept moist at all times oh okay all right so that might be another problem right there but i would go ahead and try to reseed things is anything growing in this area any weeds or anything no no weeds just just some uh i planted some bro broccoli and it didn't come up but it's probably too late for that and uh now all these things you say you planted are they all from seed yes okay I, yeah, I think uh, I think Keith is right. It probably wasn't kept moist constantly while it germinates. Okay. Now, I uh, in, a, in a raised box, you're going to have to water more than I do my vegetable garden, which is in the ground. And right. with a, and with a hundred degree days coming up, you may have to water it several times a day in order to keep that top one inch moist while the seeds okay. are germinating. 
I gotcha. And if you're using a sprinkler can, you're really not putting very much water down. Right. So at this point, I think I would I would forego the seed and go out and buy some already started plants so that you're not too far behind the curve on this. And, oh, okay. And get them in. And then when you water, after you, after you think you've put enough water on this, on this garden, go out there with a trowel and dig down in an area that you haven't planted but watered and see how, see how far down the water got. Okay. All yeah. right. If you use plants, I would take the sprinkler head off your sprinkling can and just use an open can, yeah. an open spout. Right, right. Yeah. Unless you have access to a hose. Oh, uh, yeah, but it's a ways away. Okay. All right. Okay. You can use a sprinkler can, but you're going to have to use, I think, a lot more water than you have been. Yeah, it's a, it's a two-gallon can, and I empty it. Yeah, well, that's going to be kind of heavy, two-gallon can. So, you know, put a gallon or something in it and, and water that in. Yeah, and, okay. and you, you said your, your bed is how long? Oh, the, the seed has been in there for a month and a half. No, how the dimensions of the raised bed? How big is it? Oh, it's like uh, four foot long and fifteen, sixteen inches wide, and about a foot deep. Okay, so it's going to take. I'm thinking f- three or four, maybe even five of those watering cans full, to adequately and thoroughly water that entire bed. Okay. Yeah, you want to water so you see water coming out the sides. Right, okay. Or out the bottom of your bed. Yeah. Yeah, I do have a drain. Okay, good. Yeah, water it until it starts to drain. Okay. Okay? All righty, sir. Well, thanks for your call this morning, Bob. No, thanks. I like to listen to you guys, Phil. Well, we appreciate that. Have a great week. You too. Goodbye. We're going to take our short last break here and come back real quick on Legends 810. Rain or shine, stop by Jared's Nursery Gift and Garden to check out the great selection of annuals and perennials in stock. Trucks arrive almost daily with flowers, ornamental grasses, and shrubs. It is not too late to start some of the warm season veggies from seed, cucumbers, beans, squash, also some of the root crops, such as carrots and beets. The leafy veggies are fine if provided with shade. As always, Jared's has a great gift store and some fun garden art. Lots of dragons this year, as well as many other unusual items. Stop in and check them out. Pots include several styles of aqua pots, the new stylish ceramic self-watering pots you see advertised everywhere. These pots, developed by proven winners, are not only stylish, but they reduce water usage and make it much easier to keep the plants happy and healthy. Jared's Nursery Gift and Garden on West Bulls Avenue between Kipling and Sims. Hours are 9 to 6 weekdays and 9 to 5 weekends. Hope to see you soon. Time for Ask the Bonai Guy. I've got the answers to what's bugging you. Here's Johnny Online 2. Oh, hey, Bonai Guy. My head's spinning. Ooh. There are so many products out there that claim they can stop insects from destroying my yard and garden. So how do I find the best one? Yeah, no problem, Johnny. Sounds like you need eight. Eight? Dude, I just want one. Then get eight. It's better than seven. What? Eight brand insect control from Bonai. It kills over a hundred different insect pests on vegetables, fruits, flowers, shrubs, trees, and ornamentals. Ah, uh, hang on. You said eight kills over a hundred different insects? Sure does. How does it do all that? 
that. Eight kills on contact and continues to control and repel insects for up to 30 days. And we're talking those hungry pests you really don't want in your garden, like aphids, white flies, beetles, thrips, and many more. Thanks, Bonite guy. Guess you could say eight's got their number. Oh, you just did. And you know what else? There's more? Oh, yeah. Eight's water-based, odorless, and non-staining. So if you want one product to stop insects this summer, get eight brand insect control from Bonide. Trusted since 1926. Visit your local hardware store or garden center today. Learn more at Bonide.com. In the spring, everything is about the roots. Use Fertilome Root Stimulator in Plant Starter Solution for everything you plant. Trees, shrubs, ornamentals, and flowers. Make three applications 10 to 14 days apart and get up to 33% more roots. More roots means summer hardiness, increased drought tolerance, and less insect and fungus issues. Fertilome Root Stimulator in Plant Starter Solution also reduces transplant shock and promotes greener, more Vigorous plants. Ask for it at your favorite local independent nursery, garden center, or hardware store, including Wilmore Nursery in Littleton, The Tree Farm in Longmont, Tagawa Gardens in Centennial, and Jared's Nursery in Littleton. All right, we are back here on the Garden Wise Show on Legends 810 with the Garden Wise guys, the one and only. I take that back the two and only the two and only that's guys. right yes hey i just before we go here um if you average the amount of water that's left in our soil over the entire state we're down to 63 percent of average mm-hmm. so the west slope mostly is hurting yeah the uh, south platte river valley and that takes up you know a good portion of the south uh, sorry the northeast part of the state 144 percent of average that doesn't mean you shouldn't water though oh we're watering now yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right let's get back out to the phones we've got janice waiting to talk to us about some spireas good morning janice good morning guys hey your voices on saturday morning i love it well great Um, thanks for calling thank you um i'm trying to outsmart the hoa (laughs) <laughs> okay, that's typically not hard. Uh, well, I don't know. They stomp on the bushes and break them up, and I, one of two of the spireas that were planted got destroyed. I mean, they just were brittle and broke up. The, the roots were rotten by the spring because they stomped on them all summer. I'm not sure why they do that, but they do. Anyway, what I wanted to know is that with the spireas that are left, they always cut off the the blooms and the or the the branches in the fall. They trim them into those nice little round bushes, and they cut off all the new growth. So I'm wondering, is now the time I could cut them down to the ground and have them grow up in the spring and um, bloom? No, they're going to want to grow back this summer yet, and then you know what's going to happen this fall. They'll come and cut them. They'll come and, I, uh, if you can get word out to them, tell them that is not the correct way to handle this particular shrub. It is well, not, a, and I love this term, you might want to copy it down. It is not evidence of care. <laughs> oh, I like that. Yeah. And I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't cut them to the ground now. No. It's a little bit too late. Uh, that would be done best done back in March or even um, or the early part of April. But uh, it's a little bit too late now to cut them to the ground. Well, they just finished. 
there are little bit of blooms that were there uh-huh. that just stopped. So I thought that's when you were supposed to cut them back. No, not no. for this particular shrub. Um, I, again, you ought to tell your homeowners folks that uh, they would bloom remarkably well if they just left the dang things alone. And cutting them back after they bloom is different than cutting them to the ground. Yes. I, okay. Okay. Well, they do not speak Gardenese. <laughs> so. Well, tell them that you've got yeah. t- two guys who have 26 and a half years of radio experience telling people how to do things correctly. Then they're telling you that this is not the correct way to do it. It is not. Well, I guess that's yeah. what they're doing. Yeah, and they can con- they can contact the Botanic Gardens. They can contact Colorado State University for more information if they care to, and they will be told the same thing. This is not the thing to do. Stop doing it. Uh, it drives me crazy. I know. It drives me nuts, too. Do you have, do you have, do you have time yeah. for another real question? Yeah, questions? go ahead. Okay. I've got some iris bulbs that I, or rhizomes or um, whatever they are from... My parents' garden. Um, this is the second year that they've come up. Okay. They have not. They didn't bloom last year. I, that didn't, I didn't. Right. That doesn't surprise me. That they didn't bloom this year. Are my they? My sister who has some who lives in Cheyenne. That got horrible winter out there. Is they've got short little stems and they're blooming great. Mine has tall stems and no blooms. All right. Are I yours? Getting up sun. Are yours growing in full sun all day? Well, Anytime well, someone hesitates, we know what the answer is. No, they're not. And that may be the problem right there. Or they were planted too or deeply. Or they were planted too deeply, yeah. Well, let me let me go back. I have to plant in pots, but this is a long pot, and I thought if they came up, they were probably okay That, in regards to the fact that they didn't freeze. Do you think the roots could have gotten too cold? Oh, or they're no. planted just below the surface. I mean, I can see the roots on top. How big are these pots? They're, what, three, four feet long. They aren't real deep. They're only about six or seven inches deep. Oh. And probably about four or five of yeah, them that, across. Yeah, that's probably your major problem right there. Not They're, enough root room. Yeah, not enough root room. They're too way too shallow. Oh, I've got to... Just enough to keep them alive, and that's about it. Okay. So I've got to sneak them into a spot where the HOA won't see them. Ah, Okay. <laughs> And that, that rhizome needs to be right up at the surface. The, the top half of that rhizome yeah. should be above ground. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We'll do that. I'll see if I can be sneaky. Yeah. Does anybody else in your neighborhood have any irises growing any place? Oh, yeah. They do. Well, they were all grandfathered in, but now they're not allowing that anymore. Hmm. Well, you can tell your HOA that those are grandfathered in and they, unless they can prove you otherwise. Yeah. Tell them they are oh. very, very old plants. They should have been grandfathered and great-grandfathered in. Yeah. That's right. You guys are as sneaky as I am. Yeah. <laughs> do you think if I planted, if I transplanted them, oh, well, I can't do it till this fall. I'm getting knee surgery in a couple of days, so I can't do it till later this year. But do you think if I got them transplanted by, say, August or September, they might bloom in the spring? No. No, they'll probably no. sulk for a year, and then they'll bloom the next year. Okay. Okay, sounds good. I'm going to put them in a few different places. There you go. Okay. Okay. Thanks for calling. Yeah, wish you luck on that. Thank you. Bye-bye.
Yeah, some homeowners association hate flowers. Yes, they do. Hey, uh, can we go real quick to Ann and answer her Iris question? Good morning, Ann. Good morning. Yes, in fact, the lady just mentioned some of the things I was thinking about. Um, I also got plants from a neighbor, uh, and the first year they didn't bloom. This is about four years ago. But the last two or three years, they've all bloomed beautifully. Now, this year, only a third of them have bloomed. Then the other two-thirds, tall leaves, but no stalks. Uh, uh, again, are they in full sun? Uh, no. But, uh, no, partial I, Yeah, there is no but here, okay? <laughs> and, <laughs> no and but here will make it okay. What is, what is causing the shade? Um, there is a tree nearby that in the morning they get sun, but in the afternoon they yeah. get shade. I'm, I'm guessing that that tree has been growing and is get, casting more shade than it was a few years ago. It's, yes. It's probably what's going on. Okay. All right, if I want to transplant any... Uh, when do I do it, and how deep do I pull them out? According to Bob at Iris for You, the ideal time to transplant iris is about the middle of July. Okay. And okay. and just take as much root system as you can. Um, cut the foliage back to about an eight or ten inch tall fan, and uh, and then reset them so that rhizoma is right up at the surface. Okay. Okay. Great, and I'm so glad I was able to find your program a couple months ago. Good. <laughs> we are, too. Excellent. All right. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Thank you, you Ann. Appreciate the call. All right. Well, we've got... What, what are you saying, Sean? One minute. Okay. Let's, let's go ahead and talk to Ted. Ted, you there? Yes, I am. Okay, Ted. We have about one minute. I can barely hear Ted. Okay, uh, I'm, I need some weed killer that's really going to kill the weed, and I use a sprayer. Do you have any suggestions? And is this in the lawn? I No, it's in the ditch alongside my property. And you want to kill everything, or, or what? Everything. I would, if you want to, if you want to kill everything, I would use Roundup. If you're just wanting to kill broadleaf weeds, I'd use Weed Free Zone. Okay, well, thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for calling. All right, we have to wrap it up here for the weekend. I want to thank everybody for listening to and participating with the Garden Wise guys here on the Garden Wise show. So uh, if you have any questions you haven't gotten answered, why bring them back to us next weekend right here on Legends 810. The preceding program is sponsored by JK Communications.